please, for the love of God, do not include the audio of your ass. Welcome everyone to episode 46 of 99100, the podcast counting up the top 100 domestic grossing box office movies of 1999. I am your Carl Jung host, Sparky Shelton. And I am um, a, a Freud that I am uh, going to talk about dicks. I'm Jordan Granick. <laughs> and I'm Ryan. That was quite the. That was quite the. How do? You, how would you? How would you write that down? Like, what goes in in quotation marks in that name? Is it uh, Freud quotation marks? I'm going to talk about dicks quotation marks. Jordan. No, no, because no, it was a play on "I'm afraid I'm going to talk about dicks," but instead of afraid, mm-hmm. it was a Freud. Oh shit! That's so fucking smart. God, <laughs> that's like way over my head. Hell yeah! Damn. Damn. Speaking of dicks, Sparky, you want to talk about banana bread? Yeah, I don't know how those two things are related. And frankly, That's, I'm a little worried there, that what? people are... There's a pretty big connection there. What What's the connection between dicks and banana bread? Besides the they fact look the that same. it's a very fuckable bread. <laughs> um, let's see. Nope. Some people put walnuts in it. Like nuts. they put... Oh, nuts. Got it. They, you, you, you aren't suggesting people put walnuts on their on their dick, do they? They don't. Is that something? Um, what's the Nutcracker? Um, it's a ballet. Uh, it's not really, also not really an answer to my question. But do you guys think that people are into into allergy play? Is that a thing? I just thought of it, so it probably is. I mean, yeah, that sounds like a super BDSM dangerous. thing, like getting people to trigger their allergies. Yeah, I mean, there is swelling involved. So right there, you got something. <laughs> is this about eight millimeter, or are we talking I don't about know. banana it's bread? It's not about eight millimeter because <laughs> people are alive. It's just, I mean, maybe they won't be. Maybe that is. Oh boy! Wow, I baked some banana bread. <laughs> <laughs> you could have <laughs> finally got. Yeah, I baked some banana bread last weekend, and uh, didn't fuck it. Want to put that out there right, right in the beginning. Um, but, um, I, just I, like I did mention, I did mention that that would be a good intro and now I'm realizing it's not cause I just baked some banana bread. Uh, I recently baked some cinnamon rolls and a friend ate the middle one and then she said it looks like someone fucked it. Okay. Did you fuck it though? No, no she sparky. ate the middle one. It's not banana bread. Come on. Ate the middle one like the middle one in the middle of the pan or like yeah, the, exactly. the tight yeah, so the like, tight little inner circles of a singular cinnamon roll. That within the pan. So the centermost part of the centermost ah, cinnamon yeah, roll. Yeah. What's the sexiest baked good? Um ladyfingers. Interesting, lady fingers. Sure, it, uh, the fact that they crumble into dust at the slightest bit of 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 contact. Do you think that helps the case or just uh, diminishes the case because it's such a bad dessert? Well, personally, I crumble to dust anytime a woman touches me. So. Hey, oh, <laughs> how's that? How's that go? How's that like? 
are we talking a fucking Thanos snap fading into dust or is it metaphorical? I don't want <laughs> I really dug myself into a weird hole on this one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you did talk about crumbling into dust when a woman touches you. I don't know it where was you just thought supposed that to was be a joke. Go. It was just supposed to be a joke in passing. Yeah. You had to get but... the vacuum involved. <laughs> some eight millimeter shit. It's a whole thing. <laughs> Do you think people are into dust play of people turning into dust? I don't know. This has gone off the rails automatically. Um Speaking of going off the rails. Of, yeah, fuck yeah. Speaking of going off the rails, our movie this week was the 1999 classic uh, angsty teenage drama fucking Fight Club, baby. Is Fight Club. Are you? Were you guys as excited as I was to watch Fight Club? Um, I had seen it before, but like a long, long time ago. So I was also, it was like a nice palate cleanser from uh, last week's film. Sure. That is, that is something that I think is, um, that I think is unique and will become more unique is we have all seen this movie previous to recording or previous to watching it for the podcast. No, am I wrong? I have seen it. I had also seen it. When when did you guys see? At, I'm not how long ago, but at what age did you guys see Fight Club? I'd probably say like fifteen or sixteen. I saw it pretty late in comparison to most of my contemporaries. What about you, Jordan? I would say probably the same. Um. Yeah, I think I was. I think I was in college. I'm fairly certain I was in college. Um. But it. It. I don't. No, it was it was probably in it was probably in high school. I think I watched it with Aiden, um, our our mutual friend Aiden. Um, I don't think that I was intolerable after. That's really the metric I'm trying to get up, get get to is how intolerable did watching the movie make you, like ten minutes or for the next couple of weeks. I remember I'm, having like no effect on me. Yeah, no, me too. That's strong. I think I was probably pretty insufferable for a good um maybe month and a half after. Um But uh but let's get into it, huh? Let's get into it. We A month uh, and a half after? Huh? More like 20 years, am I right, guys? 20 years. Oh. That was a joke about when... how. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> you're you're 0 for 2 right now, Ryan. You're 0 for ah, 2. Yeah, okay. Well, speaking of 0 for 2, um Ryan, <laughs> take me off this you, podcast. Can we start over? <laughs> do you do you think do you think I'm do you think I'm insufferable? I know uh I know that I'm not supposed to show emotions and just fight, but do you not like do you not do you not like me? Sparky, listen, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that's a strong recovery when somebody's having a breakdown in front of you <laughs> listen pal <laughs> chum big man what's up <laughs> you would be you would be a phenomenal therapist just somebody breaking down being like i think god doc i don't know i think not only do i not love my wife i don't i don't even know if i could 
love anybody ever. I think I'm just too numb to anything. Listen, champ, buddy, pal, <laughs> your session's over. Get the fuck out of my office now, please. Yeah, there's tissues on the way out. Yep. If you want, Blood. I can say the N-word. Okay, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I have never once said that word. I've never even referred to that word. I don't know if that's true. but for I've never the per- even said that letter. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I actively avoid the letter that comes before O. It took you too long, my man. <laughs> it took you. It took you a significant portion of time. Wow. Hey, hey, Jordan. What's what letter comes before L? K. That's long too. That was really long too. What is with well, it's, you guys? It's, it's the befores. If you said what letter comes after, that's so much easier. I don't know if that. Why don't you just? Why don't you just go through them? You know. I don't know. It's the same reason we say the alphabet from A to Z. Hmm. That's why it's... That's why it's alphabetical. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting <laughs> stuff. Um. So this movie. Interesting stuff. Uh, the movie opens at the end of the movie with uh, Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt's uh, gun in Edward Norton's mouth. And if ever a movie for that it would be prudent for us to refer to the characters as the actors is going to be this one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so his guns, Brad Pitt's got his gun in Edward Norton's mouth, um, and he's all tied up, and he's looking out at the, an undisclosed city, um, which I think, I think we will probably end up debating throughout this movie. I would like us to use the context clues of the movie as it develops what uh, what city we think that this movie is set in. Does that make sense? Sorry, repeat that one more time. <laughs> guess guess the city. Guess the city. I want to know city guesses. Where is this movie set? I have a ranking system. Okay, hit me with it. What's what's fourth? What's your number fourth ranking system? Fourth would be L.A. Okay, I don't think that's the case because he well, yeah, obviously, but distinctively flies from the city to L.A. to try to find Brad Pitt. So. He's flying a lot in this movie. You don't know where he starts and where he ends, buddy. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. You got me there. But uh, we don't stay there because we flash back to the beginning of the movie where Edward Norton uh, is a insurance... Uh, uh, assessment man for a a large auto company, um, which I think was sleep. Lincoln. I think it was Lincoln. You think it was Lincoln? What makes yeah, you think it was Lincoln? Because uh, when he so there's a part of the movie where he's investigating a car, uh, like with a bunch of bur- like burnt up people in there. Sure. And later in the film, spoilers. I'm skipping ahead here, but you asked. So, uh later in the film when him and Tyler are arguing with the two goons in the back, right. um and he's like you just got to you just got to ride it out, man. Whatever happens happens. And they're in the car and uh it rolls, they get into a crash, they roll off the the side of the road, they flip. Very similar car accident to the one he was investigating. Mm. 
I think it was just like a subtle hint. Oh, I see. Sure. True, yeah. but the 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 scene where he's investigating like the really burnt car where all the people died. I'm not saying I know exactly what a '99 Crown Vic looks like, <laughs> but that looks like a '99 Crown Vic. You you have disguised your many years doing street duty uh, as as a as a t- Jordan Jordan Granick, the tough, grizzled inner city cop, scoping out the Crown Vics. Um, but but he he's he can't sleep, so he goes to see the worst doctor ever. Um, in what appears to be the middle of a uh, NYPD blue precinct, dressed up to look like a doctor's office, um, and the he's clearly an insomniac, and he's just begging this this doctor to be like, please let me sleep, please give me the pills, and the doctor's like, no, choose some rutabaga root or whatever the fuck, and if you really want to know what pain is. Go to the testicular cancer support group, which obviously sets the plot in motion. But holy shit, what a bad doctor. Oh my god, could you imagine having that person as a doctor? Somebody? Yeah, who just, isn't there the oath? Like, he just missed that day where he's supposed (laughs) to take the oath, like, like, helping people. He was busy kicking a puppy while its leg was broken. (laughs) To take the he was too note. busy being a cop. Too busy being. He, a he cop. was he was curing someone's heart attack with chives. <laughs> he really. <laughs> you know what it is? He went to med school right at the height of the Dare program and really took the message too far. He saw Nancy Reagan get up on stage and say "say no to drugs," and he was like, "Solid." Now I get to go to med school and I'm gonna say no to drugs there. <laughs> Choose some fucking cardamom. Because Nancy said no. Nice. Thanks, bud. Who's Nancy? Nancy Reagan. Oh, I see. Was she the one who was behind the D.A.R.E. program? She, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember anything about the D.A.R.E. program. We, so, shows how well I they, don't think we were. In, I think we were past D.A.R.E. I don't think that we were in We had D.A.R.E. Red Ribbon Week, for sure. We had Red Red Ribbon Week, yeah. Which is... Mm, yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. With the BMX bikers. God, yeah. For some, or like jump ropers. Jump ropers. You guys have those as well? I don't think. I, we had BMX bikers. There were BMX bikers. We had that bikers both. We had, said, don't we had do both. Coke. They did Coke, though, yeah? Like. <laughs> right before. There's no way you get the energy to jump over a, 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 a like a line of teachers like, without doing a line of Coke. Like, I don't think you get to have the sort of artistic integrity of a straight edge BMX biker and still settle for only booking Dare. Like, th- this is this is what I'm getting at. This is my central unified theory of anti-drug speakers. If you are in a position where your life is at its straight-edge peak, is doing anti-drug... If Okay, okay, I'm going to revise it. If not doing drugs is such a good ingredient for success, then by the o- their own logic... The people who are doing the anti-drug programs are almost certainly doing key bumps, right? Because if they didn't do drugs, they'd be more successful as to do go to elementary schools and scare kids about Percocet. Am I wrong? I'll add one other gr- uh, demographic to your okay. list as well, and that's professional bowlers. Okay, hit me with that. Let me explain that to me, please. 
There's that famous clip of that one guy winning the of bowling course, championships. Yes, of course, we know this. <laughs> There's man. We no... all know the one. We all know the one. I. There's no fucking way he's not coked up. Yes, I'm just googling. I'm just googling. Do you think they name. like drug test? His name before is Pete... pro bowling games. I that is a really for, good question. What like for doping I, and shit? What perf- fair enough? I yeah maybe. What I don't performance and what would be considered performance enhancing for bowling? Because I don't think well that's an- the thing. Adderall, I'd say Adderall. Yeah, Adderall. Adderall yeah. maybe and that focus, that hyper focus. Yeah, but like it's so muscle memory. Like you don't think that it would be. I don't know. You st- it still requires focus, deep focus. Buddy. That is true. It's, that is it's true. so not a physical game. That is true. And the the man's name who we're thinking of is, of course, Pete Weber. Pete Weber, who, uh, <laughs> uh, who after uh, bowling the game-winning strike in the 2011, I want to say, bowling championship, said, God damn it, yes! God damn it, yes! <laughs> who do you think you are? I am! This was, of course, Legend. hair slicked Classic. back. I mean, go, 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 Google it if you haven't seen it. It is magical. Hair slicked back, fucking huge oakly yellow shades indoors. Old, old New Jersey Turnpike face, amazing. He, coincidentally, as of mm, 2017, was still on the circuit. And you want to know how I know that? You saw him. Did you meet him? I didn't. Worse. I was on a date in, I want to say, sophomore year. It was with a girl that I really liked uh, from college named Matilda. She was incredibly attractive, and we went on like five dates, and it didn't work out. Uh, And on one of, maybe, possibly the reason it didn't work out is because on one of the dates, we were at a restaurant for brunch, that was showing on a very big screen behind her, but not behind me, the PBA final championship uh, match, of which Pete Weber was bowling. And to say that I did not pay attention to her for an iota of that date is an understatement. I have (laughs) never achieved focus like I did on the screen behind her with Pete Weber and his weird old gray hair pomodor just slinging the rock down the lane. Bro, if my bitch isn't uh, into as into isn't into bowling as much as I am in that instance <laughs> because of the famed Pete Weber, then she's she ain't for me. Yeah, I really If if I, my bitch ain't Pete Weber, <laughs> I ain't <laughs> for me. <laughs> if my I really I really uh man, I don't care for that wording, but I agree with the sentiment with every fiber of my it's, being. It's so bad, but so good at the same time. Yeah, Pete Weber. I'm gonna get canceled so hard for saying that. Please, for the <laughs> love of God, just know I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna edit shit out that you say <laughs> willingly into the recording device. Fair enough, but just know that I I meant. Oh God, I. Uh, I'll just issue my apology now. I'm sorry to the community for to previous the... statements that I've said I'm in the past. I'm sorry to all the bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to offend you guys. I'm sorry to all the bitches and the hoes. Oh, you're making it worse, my man. I think it's clear that it's in jest. Yeah. So, uh, 
it's going to come back to haunt me. I can never run for public office. You know, you'd think that saying something offensive about women into a hot mic might sink your political chances, but I don't know if that's entirely true. Fair enough. We're at minute 25, by the oh, way. Oh, shit. Um, I think we started at like minute five, though, so we're all right. Um, so We haven't gotten past the doctor is what I'm saying, and oh, that's two minutes into this two and a half hour you're long You're entirely movie. right. We are moving really slow. <laughs> Um, so he, he ends up going to this support group, um, and he meets Bob, who's meatloaf with big bitch tits. That's the movie's terminology. That's a quote. Not mine. Okay. Uh, Sparky, say what you want into the mic, okay? (laughs) But know that you're being recorded. Chuck, this is Chuck Palahniuk's, uh, uh, terminology, and, and since he is the originator of the material, I will respect his choices. Um, maybe that's not a great editorial For my decision. previous comments i'd i'd like to cite the uh the director as yeah, well yeah yeah <laughs> well chuck Palahniuk is the author so jot that down this is obviously a david fincher film one of the finest david Fair fincher enough. films um so so uh our boy eddie nort he goes and he meets meatloaf uh he's got big old big old bitties uh because of a testosterone imbalance because he lost his testicles to testicle cancer um he and Edward Norton finds out that going to these support groups is a great way to let go of all of the pent up emotion that he has and um uh and and release and can sleep. But what's this? There's an interloper. Helena Bonham Carter. I have to burp. Somebody else somebody else do this. Helena Bonham Carter. He meets her at one of the uh the other meetings, you know, not testicular cancer. Although she does attend that one as yeah. well. Long story short, though, they're like, yo, we can't be going to the same same meetings. Let me get your number so that way we don't go to the same meetings together. Because Edward Norton <clears throat> feels that if there's an interloper, he can't release in the same way because he knows he's being watched. So it, it ruins it for him. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and so they split it up. Um, then, on a business trip, uh, Edward Norton sits next to a... Uh, a man named Brad Pitt, who is a soap salesman, and makes a bunch of jokes about the in in uh, in flight safety pamphlet, uh, and about how they only put oxygen on the plane because it gets you high, and in the event of a water landing, uh, the plane is going 600 miles an hour, all of which is very far away from true. Um, all of the safety procedures in a in an airline are completely valid. So I just want to get that well, out there. I- Maybe you can not to go off topic. I heard that like the the brace for impact position is supposed to kill you instantly. No, that's very very wrong. Uh, uh, and so so some of the citations for that is, um, basically it's you brace for impact because you only have a lap belt, um, and uh, and you're falling from the sky. Yeah, basically you just you 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 duck and cover. Uh, it it does support your neck. If you're if you're upright, uh, you basically want to make sure your head moves as little as possible. Um, and the reason the uh, the stewardesses and the stewards don't do that is because their jump seats go the other way. So when you accelerate and and thrust forward, they are pushed into the back of their seat, whereas uh, normal passengers are thrown forward, which is why you 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 stabilize your head. Um, also, I'm pretty sure I've seen the jump seats have like three point harnesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, they definitely don't need to like do as much bracing. Yeah, of course. 
Planes are very safe. Planes are incredibly safe. Yeah, when's the last time one crashed? Like last week? Two <laughs> yeah. weeks ago, maybe? It didn't even, yeah, it like it didn't even crash, though. Its engine blew up, and it was fine. Everybody was fine. Nobody died. Wasn't there a missing plane, like, two Yeah, weeks that was, ago? like, mid-February, early to mid-February, there was a missing plane oh, I don't... in Malaysia. Or not Malaysia. That's the last <laughs> that's one. That's the last one from, like, five No, that's years. the, the second last to last, last one. one. The second last one. But, like, you know, two of them blew up because Boeing is a shitty company. And you can quote me on that. I, I I will. I thrusted my head forward um, to the microphone in a very intimidating way. But anyway, he meets this guy. His name is Brad Pitt, uh, and he fucks hard, um, just visually. And long. Um, as, as a character a aesthetic. And, uh, and Eddie Norton goes back, and he finds, uh-oh, his, his beautiful little Ikea apartment um, has been detonated by some fucking natural gas. So he calls up he calls up Braddy Pitt and they go uh to the bar and uh they talk about how bullshit materialism is um and uh and how unsatisfied they are um with their lives. Well, Edward Norton is. Uh, uh Brad Pitt seems very liberated from himself. And then they go in the uh fight in the in the um in the parking lot. Bar. And bada bing yeah. bada boom, Fight Club is born. In, in someone's words, this is when it becomes Fight Club. Yes. Yeah. I forgot who said it. That was me. Sparky. Okay. In Sparky's words, this is when it becomes Fight Club. Uh, they establish under Lou's Tavern uh, a, a Fight Club where you can kind of just let go of your problems and beat the shit out of someone. Uh, the first rule of fight, fight Club is obviously no one talks about Fight Club. Uh, that Jordan, are the... you reading off of something? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Why? I just pay attention. I don't know. It's I don't know. It sounds like you're reading a book. Just Did like, you check? Out I, the I'm fight looking. Club? I'm looking straight at Audacity right now, just watching the little waves. Did you check out ahead. the fucking book from the library? You fucking. I got nerd. the special features. Fucking you DVD fucking box nerd. And I'm reading that. You fucking right. nerd! Yeah. What an anti! What an anti Tyler Durden thing to do. Yep. <laughs> Look at this you guy reading and whatnot. Dunce. Okay, well, you know what? I'll take me and my knowledge somewhere else. Ryan, you take it away. Uh, where did I interrupt you at? The second rule of Fight Club. <laughs> oh. Seven more to don't go. Don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> Isn't there, There's like a third and fourth rule too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he establishes like uh, if you if like he says stop, then you oh, stop yeah, yeah. beating the shit out of him. Uh, sorry, Jared Leto. I guess he couldn't get it out while uh, mm. Norton was beating the fucking teeth out of your face. Yeah, they fucked Jared but, Leto uh, up. That was sick. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, just, we'll, we'll skip ahead because basically nothing else happens up until that point, right? Which is... Uh, uh, there's like some petty crimes going yeah, on. Yeah, so... Yeah, there's there's, there's, there's some sus crimes. activity. They go... It's, it's, it's exposition. It's exposition to build up to the, to the climax while... Um, and like the build of Project Mayhem, which is Tyler Durden, aka Brad Pitt's master plan to uh, unleash havoc throughout Mystery Town A. Terrorism. Um, what what it is is really, you know, uh, we won't spoil it, but it is is basically just domestic terrorism. Um, but in any case, uh, the um, uh, huh, um, 
so they have Fight Club, and uh, there's a scene where everybody's beating the shit out of each other. It's growing a lot. Um, and then the owner of the bar that they're fighting in comes down, and this is my claim that it's New York because uh, he comes down and he says, what the fuck is going on? And uh, Brad Pitt says, who are you? And he says, what you have to say if you're in New York in the movies, who am I? Who the fuck are you? Which has happened, I want to say, 38 times uh, in movie history. Um, Probably more than that. Uh, And it turns out that it's the owner of the bar, and Brad Pitt provokes a fight, um, gets the shit kicked out of him, then right at the end jumps on top of him and like spits and screams blood in his face. And somehow that negotiation <laughs> tactic works beautifully. And look, when you're negotiating with the mob, sure. So, you know, that's what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. All they- Nothing scares the mob more than blood transmitted diseases. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Uh, there, I mean, you could also claim that the mob operates on fear of death, and proving you do not have the fear of death is probably a good trump card to their tactic so it does work they keep fighting they keep doing petty assignments it was after he got the shit kicked out of him did uh brad pitt issue his first homework which was to get into a fight with a stranger um and uh uh i gotta burp again and you might be thinking um how is our man eddie nort keeping himself afloat financially mind you um he beat the shit out of himself in his boss's room or office rather um after like slowly getting the bulls to smoke cigs in his cubicle (laughs) and uh he finally he's like i'm sick of this this workman's life this blue collar or white i guess white collar because he's like an insurance guy oh it's very white collar everybody in this movie is white (laughs) white also white okay also just white (laughs) There was a black guy, I think. Yeah, but still. Like, I'm not the casting director, but I'll say it like it is. There, I think there was at least one black. Yeah, there guy. were a couple of detectives. I think the detective. Oh, the 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 main the chief police officer, the chief of police. I thought it was just literally the the, the guy investigating the arson at his apartment. Because because spoiler alert. Um, Tyler Durden blew up the apartment, and double spoiler alert, Edward Norton is Tyler Durden, so he blew his own apartment up, so. Yeah, Um, but as I was saying, just real quick, uh, side plot was that he beat the shit out of himself in his boss's office, and then he's like, security shows up right as he's like getting up, peeling the broken glass out of his bloodied hands, and he's like, oh, thank God you guys are here, oh my God. And the boss is like, well, now I have to pay you every week. Yeah. And you can just do whatever you want, I guess. Go home and do work from home. All the while, he's selling soap because uh-huh. he can't sleep anymore. Uh, and building this terrorist group in which they decide they're going to blow up all of City A. Yeah, New York. Uh, the, specifically the banks. The banks. Yeah, um, they're going to blow up the banks, which eliminates credit card debt, which, you know, isn't even the biggest source of household debt um so great job doing your homework boys um but in the meantime edward norton uh feels like he's losing uh uh his connection with brad pitt and as a result of that um because this movie teaches young men to 
process their emotions through violence instead of words, he absolutely fucking clobbers Jared Leto. He ruins <laughs> Jared Leto. Jared Leto is fucking obliterated. And this is this is what's what makes this my Miller highlight the champagne of bits. Jared Leto is coming is like still fresh faced off of 30 seconds to Mars. Like he is right that's his band, right? Yeah. Right. They released like their biggest album in 98. This came out in 99. So this was like this was like if Joe Jonas got the shit kicked out of him. This is like if fucking <laughs> if fucking uh Niall Horan got curb stomped in a movie. <laughs> Amazing. Great. Solid. Cool. But um in any case, um uh he's also uh thinks that Brad Pitt is sleeping with Helena Bonham Carter cuz they're on again off again and she seems very familiar when they talk but he really doesn't like her and um uh which makes sense because it's the same person so he's just totally you know split personality um but yeah i don't remember i don't know if there's anything any other pertinent details before they just blow everything up uh bitch tits dies. bob dies that's oh, right rest in peace yeah. bob bob dies um, <laughs> I was about to, I was about to say that Jordan, but not with the not with bitch tits. Yeah, bitch tits dies. He gets shot in the head with a with a bullet by a cop. By no a less. cop, um, and they're all really upset about it. Um, and um, and Edward Norton is sad and thinks it's gone too far, so he's trying to uh, he ends up trying to chase down um, uh, uh, Brad Pitt. Um, only to find out, bum, 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 it's, he realizes he's the same person. Um, and like the last 20 minutes of the movie is kind of boring, to be completely honest, because that's like the good turn. Um, and he's trying to stop everything, but he has, as Tyler Durden said, don't let me stop this. Don't, uh, if anybody tries to mess with this, cut his balls off. Um, which, you know, seems like a pretty gameable strategy, right? Female detectives. Their whole shit is fucked up. What are you going to do? Your prime directive is cut balls off. What are you going to do then? <laughs> you dumb cut idiots. Cut tits off, I guess. I, um, I don't like that. Well, oh, yeah, so fucking, I, I don't know. It's the only appendage. They, you could cut their tongues out, cut their heads. You could just kill them. I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> fucking kill them. Kill them. Do it. Fucking kill them. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, do, do women not have... Nuts! <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Fuck. I mean, I mean, to be to be fair, some some do. They're, how you identify as male or female is not really generally whatever. Fucking Mr. Potato Head, the jerk off motion. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> I, I got it. I uh, uh, I have been. Um, my boss is conservative. Well, like disconnected Alabama conservative, which is they don't really think about politics beyond like the thing that gets them angry on their Yahoo news feed. Um, and I was in a meeting on Thursday uh, and he was, he was, he brought up Mr. The Mr. Potato head thing um, in, in, in the way that, that people who don't want to actually have to defend their beliefs, but want to have people agree with them, um, which is something I am so sick of uh, was just like, you hear about this. There's no more genders for Mr. Potato head. 
Um, which of course there still are. They're still selling a Mister and Mrs. Potato Head. They're just adding a Potato Head, um, and uh, and um, you know he was just doing that. And I and uh, and I said I said, damn it! Now how am I going to know which plastic toy God thinks it's okay for me to be attracted to? You said that in a I meeting. I did say that in a meeting. Um, I said it in a meeting with three people. Uh, that uh we i have been working with for a while but it was risky and he didn't laugh uh but it felt so good um and then did the other two laugh um yeah my 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 good buddy my good buddy who's a co-worker he laughed he thought it was funny Mm. then they started talking about why you can't attach genitals so obviously obviously not the most professional workplace in the universe in any case fuck potatoes Whichever ones you want. Which is not something you want to hear about that deals, a company that deals with, like, pretty important shit. Yeah, so that's sort of the thing about everything is, um, like, most of the national defense infrastructure is 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 kind of run by, by uh, adult children. Um, somewhat competent, mostly competent, um, but, a, you know... Every this is my this is my grand theory on work. Every smart person's uh uh industry, quote smart person's industry, is staffed by ninety percent idiots. You know what I mean? Like uh the rank and file of incredibly impressive firms are not all geniuses. Mm-hmm. There are there are some fucking nephews in there, if you know what I mean. Some Eric Trump. Can't say I do. Oh, okay. Some some nepotiz- nepotismo, which is why corporate capitalism is just so fucked up. We gotta blow up all the buildings, um, and they do. Yeah, they do. They do. They do do that. They get right there. at the end, but not, before not before Edward Norton domes himself. Yes, please explain this, Jordan. Um. So, in a last last ditch effort to stop Brad Pitt. Because even though he knows he's a hallucination, he can't, you know, think him away. He takes a gun, puts it in his mouth. Uh-huh. If you remember at the beginning, it was Brad Pitt holding the gun. But as events unfold, it's just him holding a gun in his mouth. Uh, and he shoots himself in the cheek. Yeah. And somehow that translates to Tyler holding Brad Pitt's brains coming out and he dies. Yeah. And then that's the end of the movie. And they play that song by the Pixies. And it's a happy ending. Well, it's not a happy ending because you see like five skyscrapers just collapsing in what looks like a controlled demolition. But, uh, yeah, but people, other than that, somebody died though, right? Like there's no way they could have done that without somebody dying. No, 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 because they said that all of the the workers, like the maintenance and the cleaning crews, was, was part of Project Mayhem. And obviously, none of those white collar douchebag fucking banker guys are going to be working after hey, hours. Man. It's yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think you blow up eight buildings without somebody accidentally dying. You know what I mean? There's people on the ground too. Like yeah, you know, there's going to be somebody on a fucking skateboard that has a bad Tuesday. <laughs> Some loiterers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I that is the end of the movie, and I have just one question for you boys. What did we learn? Okay. What's the moral of the story? This is a new segment where we try to figure out what, 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 what did you learn? 
capitalism is bad. We should all just be equals. <laughs> um, we should all be subject to government uh, equality such that we have implants in our brains uh, to keep us mentally stable or mentally equal, uh, physically equal by strapping lead weights to our bodies so that it fluctuates depending on how heavy you are, how tall you are. Wear ugly masks if you're uh, if you're if you're too hot. Mm. Mm. Um, I guess makeup if you're too ugly. You sure. know, no dancing out of place. <laughs> no playing music that's too good. Did um, you watch the same movie we did? I think you watched. Footloose. I, I think you watched. Fo- <laughs> I think you watched the first six minutes of Footloose. <laughs> No, no, no. I just watched the the first seven minutes of The Boy Stuck in the Plastic Bubble starring John Travolta. Uh, yeah, the world is a dangerous place. That's the... Um, what did you learn, Jordan? Um, Maybe get, like, second opinions on medical advice. <laughs> <laughs> this probably all would have been avoided if he got, like... Yeah, he just... <laughs> Restoril or you know Lunesta, yeah. something. To... If you could just get some, um, some. Uh, uh, oh God, what's the one that makes you sleepwalk? Ambien. He, yeah. You're telling me. You're telling me that he made bombs out of human fat, but couldn't figure out how to fill a fucking Ambien script. Far fetched. <laughs> Come on. Not just any fat either. It was like he was robbing doctor's offices getting the fucking liposuction bags out yeah 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 that that takes a lot of ingenuity he knew knew how to do it this was willful this was a willful uh disregard of his own health i learned i learned that uh i don't think i learned anything Maybe it, uh, I learned how to make nitroglycerin bombs. Yeah. And sure. soap. You made how to make those. I think I learned that uh, the um, the fear of stability that comes from the 1990s, uh, late 90s economic stability for, for white people translates into really, really bad capitalist critique. That's what I learned. That That's what I'm saying, dude. We got to wear those lead weights. Ugly masks. I, I don't not? think that we're agreeing. I think you think we're agreeing, but I don't think I'm agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Close enough, right? Maybe. I just, I don't know about you. I just think that, like, uh, it all felt especially, here's, this, this is sort of my working theory about movies from the 1990s is what we were really scared about was, like, that nothing was happening, which is a fear of, of having no fears. And uh, and that stability uh, only existed because people weren't uh, listening to marginalized voices, which is why I think it's kind of funny that of all of these, like, sort of the thrust of the movie is like, we're the people that pour your 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 wine, we're the people that clean your offices, we're the working class, but there's like it's just like all comfortable rich white people. It's sort of dumb. And it all felt very sti- silly and stupid. Um, great cinematography, though. God damn, does David Fincher know how to make a movie? Jesus, 
you know he uses a lot of CGI. It's pretty uh, yeah. impressive. It's crazy. You mean he didn't blow up eight skyscrapers? <laughs> well, no, no like, that's like a practical little, effect. In little shots, he uses a lot of CGI. Like in the social network, there was a ton of C- uh, CGI. Yeah, he, he has this, um, he has a very interesting, uh, uh, I don't know if it's an article or an interview where he talks about how, like, he really likes the the idea of the camera as this, like, omnipotent device that sees all and sees exactly, and he doesn't care if shots are realistic or not. It's just, like, the camera is the little god. Very interesting. Anyway, I think that brings us uh, to... Uh, Ryan's raps, right? Yeah, let me pull that up real quick. All right. <clears throat> okay. You guys ready? ready. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start. Narrator be flying. Narrator be trying. Narrator be crying. Not. He's got narcolepsy. A man with no plan, and he can't sleep. Trying to get drugs docking a pet. A patsy, but he can see. Flying around the country seeing dead people, counting bodies in the cars, meeting Helen in a bottom carter, hit the bars getting penal. Tyler's got a grand plan, fighting a lot, it's a man, man. Start a fight club in the bar, it's a can ban. Cue the terrorism. Bob and the gang, no voyeurism. Making soap in the basement, planning cataclysm. Bury Bob in the yard, no cannibalism. Who the fuck is this Tyler guy messing with his head investigating a private eye? Flying around to chapters, no higher guy. Not in disguise, it's a pair of guys. No, just one. Tyler Durden and the man he wishes. Tyler Durden and the man he misses. Trying to stop mayhem, getting high cannabisin. Spoiler alert, Tokyo Drift. He shoots himself and he doesn't miss. Tyler is gone, but he's still really here. He bang- hangs up the robe, truly sincere. Damn. That's the end. Damn. That was good. Bars. Bars. He was wearing a robe in the last he was, scene. Yeah, he, there was a lot of good robe robe play in this movie. Um, a lot of dirty, dirty robes, dirty thin robes. Um, yeah. Well, now it's time for Milk and Merlot, the part of the podcast where we decide whether the movie has gone rancid like milk or aged like a fine Merlot. Jordan, milk or Merlot? Um. I mean, it is, you know, it is like one of the all-time cult classic films. Uh, It got a lot better than the first time I saw it. So, I'm going to say Merlot. How about Because I follow people. How about you? How about you, Ryan? I'm also going to say Merlot. I I enjoyed the movie. Um, You know, it it, it had this, like, weird gritty edge to it, which is always kind of off-putting to me uh, in a movie. Because uh, it makes me feel sad, like I don't ever want to be in that place. But uh, also, you know, just like a solid, solid story, I'd say. Good, good adaptation of the book that you mentioned earlier that Jordan <laughs> was clearly reading off of. Um, I, I am of two minds on this one. I was thinking a lot about what I was going to say here, and it's a good movie. That's the problem. Is it's a well-made, well-executed, fun-to-watch movie. I think this is my this is my thing. I'm gonna say it's Merlot, but it's Merlot that is no longer aging in a barrel, but aging in an open bottle. And it it has gotten better, but I think over the next this is not a movie that my children will like. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think that you know, uh, 
oh, so much of it of like the hyper violence and the hyper masculinity and the really like shallow social criticism. I think over the next 20 years, it will seem more and more shallow and more and more like incomplete and naive. Um, and uh, uh, I think that while it has probably gotten better in its first 20 years, I think its next 20 years are going to be going to be much, much tougher on it. So I'm going to say it's a Merlot, but it's uh, it's in an open bottle sitting on the uh, sitting on the shelf. Or just like an unrefrigerated wine cellar, like a broken one. Sure. It's, it is, yeah. it's fine now. It's going to get worse. Is that fair? Am I wrong? No, that's fair. Definitely, the, definitely like the first rule joke is going to, you know, be around forever. Yeah, that, that's going to cascade through generations, yeah. and we are nearing the point where nobody knows what that's oh, from. I don't yeah. think that's true at all. I think people well, like people know. I'm saying like people younger than us, like the generate. I guess I think the, I would say like the high school graduating class after yeah, us. I, I don't know, I don't know I how you that, split generations. I think that like angsty, privileged young teens are gonna watch this for for an eternity. Yeah, but how many of those are there? Unless you're classifying all teenagers as that. Um, I mean, there's plenty probably. So definitely a minority though. I guess we can only hope. Um. Uh, our all of our analysis is really sort of pointless when there is one solid standard metric by which the the um the the legs 3.36 holy shit dude that was quick you don't you don't give a fuck anymore you're not gonna be told what to do you're not gonna play by the fucking bits of the podcast i have to go to the bathroom so bad (laughs) (laughs) well that wraps up uh i will i will um I will keep it speedy at the end. That wraps up our Fight Club episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can join us next week when our movie will be the 1999 classic teen co- romance comedy, 10 Things I Hate About You. Two bangers in a row. Look at us go. A pretty popular kind teenager can't go on a date until her ill-tempered older sister does. And uh, and this is this is of course the uh, the classic Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, JGL, uh, David Crumholtz is in this bad boy. It's a good, it's a it's a solid cast. It's a classic movie, um, and you can hear all of our all of our musings about it next week. I have been your uh, Carl Jung host, Sparky Shelton. Uh, and I'm a Freud. I did talk about Dick Jordan <laughs> Granite. As always, I'm Ryan. And now, once again.